Welcome to this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. This is a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Thad Yassa, and I'm excited to dive into this week's question. This question comes from Pastor Will, and he asked Pastor Harry Walls, a local friend and pastor in town, what does racial reconciliation mean for the church? A uh, special episode of our uh, Ask the Pastor podcast this week with guest Pastor Harry Walls, who really we <laughs> should just uh, you know have you host this podcast every week, Harry, because uh, I'd rather hear what you have to say about any number of topics than, you know, uh, my, my, my own thoughts, but thank you for being with us. And, uh, thank you, man, for yeah, we will, we'll have to certainly do this. Doesn't have to be a standalone conversation. Obviously here, you joined us for our race in the church panel, um, just, uh, back in February now. And, uh, unfortunately we didn't get the audio recorded in a, a effective way that we could reuse that. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, this will be a really good, chance to just have a follow-up on that more one-on-one uh, of our church of any number of them. And we'll put this out there in public and, and see, you know, trust God with the results. But I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously we are, seems like, you know, every generation uh, has that sort of narcissism about, you know, our current cultural moment and we're special, but it really does feel like a, a different kind of, uh, cultural moment right now going on in our society specifically with regard to conversations about race, racism, racial reconciliation, those kinds of things. And uh, so I, I just wanted to um, get a more well-rounded conversation. And I have so appreciated just personally your friendship and your helpful, you know, helping me think through, you know, what, what do we do as I guess, first question for you to kind of frame this up. So I, uh, we preached, I preached a sermon here at, at West Hills two weeks ago now on uh, racism and our need for repentance. And um, David Platt's sermon that I, that I kind of stole and I um, appealed to some of his, Platt's own research and studies that he appealed to where they polled, um, you know, Christians, non-Christians, black, white, and pointed out racial disparity, uh, you know, statistics about uh, access to, you know, health uh, care, education, uh, criminal justice system, and just kind of the, the fact that it really does matter in our country, whether you're white or black, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, most of us these days, if nothing else, we would agree, it really does matter whether you're white or black. For better question, why does it matter? You know, what is the, the reason behind this, right? And what they found, went through in the sermon, was that, you know, whites and blacks tend on this spectrum to disagree on, you know, whites tend to lean toward the, the viewpoint that, you know, it's more an issue of individual responsibility, uh, personal lack of motivation, whereas, um, Black non-Christians tend to think it's more of a structural systemic problem. White Christians, even more so, are more extreme on, on the spectrum saying, yeah, this is really just a problem of motivation. You guys need to work harder. Whereas black Christians, even more so, more polarized, uh, no, we, we, we could try all we want. And there's a system mm-hmm. here that in, built to keep black people in their place. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, why is that? Like, why, why, yes, why are we polarized in the church? Why are Christians having these conversations about the need for racial reconciliation? Why do we see things uh, seem to, to be even more in our own sort of echo chambers yeah. than non-Christians? Like, shouldn't the church be, of all things, a place where we're listening to one another and, and coming more to the middle of the spectrum and seeing things from the others management that now seriously man that's 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 a big question that's a huge question i don't know as i think about it okay here is what i think about is when we're trying to determine what's happening in the church but we're but we're basing what's happening in the church on sociological parameters then we already got a problem Seriously, and, and 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 I think maybe you could see the the the, the white church or the black church um, 
we can almost justify because of the, our um, distortion of what the word of God is saying to us. Okay. I mean, it's, it's almost like, um, it, you know, you, you validate your, you, if I believe I know something and I, I stepped out hard on that. Mm-hmm. Well, if I believe the word of God, for instance, uh, for instance, let me use the, 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 the spectrum that man just being like, if a man won't eat, I mean, I'm sorry, if a man won't work, you know, his family, he shouldn't eat or whatever. It's, you know, I know the scripture. I should know it. But, <laughs> but, you know, then if I take that to extreme, it's almost like that. there was a, there's a passage scripture in Proverbs that says, you know, um, you know, that you should, you know, use a rod with your kid. And if you don't, blah, yep. blah, blah. I heard a pastor one time said, you know, the Bible says, Beat them and they will not equal issues, but you're trying to apply either in or out of context, most of the time out of context, a biblical perspective. So on the on the black side, you know, we're not supposed to be treated in just, you know, in just we're supposed to all love each other and blah blah blah. And that's a problem. That's why I'm looking at because you all ain't doing that with me, or we're not doing that with you know, well no. You guys aren't doing that with us, and that's why this is this way. So I can swing this way. Um, but I'm looking at scriptures as as the, you know. On the other side, his left side, and say, "Yeah, see, they're not doing what the scriptures say. He needs to work hard, sweaters, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah." And so we're more confident because of the Bible and, and the way we kind of misuse it. I think that could be one of the reasons mm-hmm. that we're, you know, yeah. we're even more. You um, and I were talking even before we play on this, and one of the things that really stood out to me about it uh, is just is just the basic principle that you know. I can't, I, I shouldn't be so concerned and focused and worried about uh, pointing fingers at what, you know, you all could or should be thinking or doing. I, I, I've got enough of my own kind of sin and whatever to worry about. And so to me that, I, I wonder how much of that plays in here where, you know, if, if I'm a, uh, a, a white Christian, who uh, can can look at the reality of these racial disparities, right? And, and all the statistics and say, yeah, no, we, we don't live in a, a perfectly just uh, society where, um, where, you know, it, it doesn't matter where, whether you're black or white, you have all of the same. If I'm looking at that as a white crit, you know, I, again, I can, like you said, I can choose to focus on, uh, one of two things I can choose to focus on um, the the personal motivation side of it, or I can choose to focus on uh, well, there really are uh, some some unfair kind of systems and structures built in here, and uh, it doesn't do any good for me to look at uh, across the the aisle, so to speak, or whatever, and say, well, why don't you do this, this, and this? Um, you know, it's kind of a glass half full, half empty kind of well, thing. Well, yeah. And I've got to, I've got to look at what you know. What is my part in that? And my part as a white Christian is, you know, I've I've benefited, frankly, from the system being what it is. But uh, the system should be different. And so, like you said, you know, I've got to, I've got to look at the systemic stuff. Whereas, if I was a black Christian looking at it, I can complain about the system or I can say, well, look at the, look at the opportunities I do have that, you know, my, my parents 30 years ago and their didn't parents have, right. didn't have. And so all we can do is, is what God has entrusted to us and what our part to play is. In it. So well, see, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I, I hear and, and really for much of it agree with what you're saying. I think that here's what the deal is. I think that the Bible, no, I know the Bible calls us, and I'm talking about Christians now, to spur one another on a loving good deeds, okay? What that means, if, if, if there's a disparity in the way we treat each other, whether, you know, the white treating blacks or the blacks treating white. Now, now, I'm talking about the church, okay? So if you don't want to talk about societal issues, you got to get somebody else because that's just not hmm. one of the things I'm strong in because it, by the spirit that lives in you, yeah. I can't do that with folks in the world. Okay? So I can say to you personally what you're doing and not loving. To me, uh, and and appeal to that. Okay, yeah. so we're supposed to spur one. Then we got to have those conversations yeah. when what you're doing or saying or your attitudes or whatever doesn't seem like love to me. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to tell you that. Yeah. Um, 
Now, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit more, I'm, I'm countercultural in the sense that I want to have a much greater focus on the kingdom responsibility that I have than even I have as an American citizen. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I don't ignore the fact that I am an American citizen, but I really consider myself more of an ambassador since that's what Christ says I am yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Second Corinthians. So I'm here, but I'm here representing Christ. So if I'm here representing Christ and you misuse or mistreat or whatever, then as an ambassador for Christ, I need to respond to whatever it is that's going on in that in that vein. Yeah. So I don't know if we're ever if I'm ever at a place where I can say to you, so we can fix this sociological ill. And I and again, I don't deny that it's there. Yeah. I just think the power to, to address it yeah. has to be led by the power that we have in Christ. Yeah. Um, so that Christians aren't looking the same way that non-Christians are when they interact with each other as race. And so much, that's thank you. And I want to come back to that in a bit too, because absolutely agree, you know, uh, and and preach this all along when we're talking as a church about race relations and reconciliation, all that is, you know, ultimately all of this, it's all a matter of it's all a matter of heart, you know. So it's not going to get fixed unless your heart gets fixed. And you and I talked about that too. And some of the behavioral symptomatic stuff. I mean, yeah, we can do the behavioral modification and and, and tear down you know statues and remove flags and whatever else. But if you're not changing people's heart, then you're not really dealing with the root of the issue, right? And and so ultimately, this is a gospel issue. But help me. So uh, to that point. Before we come back, even bring it home with the, the heart and the gospel and the church issues, help help me or maybe better help some of my congregants because I I you know frankly I got I got emails after I preached two two Sundays ago I preached on you know hey racism exists and it exists in the church and we need to uh, call it out for what it is and address it I got emails you know from people in my church who frankly they think racism doesn't exist so say one hundred sixty ago. Uh, civil rights was seen. So, you know, we're past that. You know, if anything, they're going to say, uh, well, look, you know, we got things like affirmative action right now. You know, I got a friend, I got a friend I talked to uh, this past week who had a job offer at a company. And uh, then just in the past, you know, two weeks since everything has happened with George Floyd now, they've they've gotten on the bandwagon. They, they, they've passed this company-wide sort of standard where now they've mandated a third of their employees have to be uh, people of color. And so my friend's not sure if he's that job offer is still going to come through because he's a white, right. he's a white guy. So my question is, you know, help, help um, my, you know, predominantly white congregants West Hills understand this idea of systemic structural dimensions of racism when they're looking at that and saying, well, wait a minute, if anything, Help, help us understand on that spectrum yeah, this man. very real, <laughs> still still systemic dimension. Yeah, I, I think that, that here's what we have. We have institutionalized ignorance, okay? And, and what I mean by that is, I, let me assume that what, if you have a congregant or you have a Christian that's white that says, I don't see a problem. Let me take it to heart that they really don't see a problem. The problem there, but they don't know it's there or don't see it there. Now, the angrier, you know, contingent of African-American Christians would say they ain't trying to see it. And I, I, I don't want to deal, I don't want to do that in any kind of general fashion to people's hearts. They don't, I, like, I, mean, I wish that I could erase uh, the visual of George Floyd dying. That's one of the most horrific things I've ever seen in my life. I could have, when somebody told me about it, I could have, uh, I could have decided not to watch that video. And then I would have a level of ignorance, even though you all were talking to me about it, about how horrific it was. I could hear you describe it, but I never really would have understood how horrific without seeing it myself. That makes sense. So, so that would be a level of ignorance. So if there's Christians in, in your congregation or white Christians anywhere that say, I just don't see it. Yeah. 
I think the sad reality—that's a sad reality, but that's ignorance. Ignorance is curable. Okay, so. But you can't now. Who's going to help cure it? Well, again, if, if there's African Americans, like I know, we have a hard that's something we all need to do. But if we're able to say, wait a minute, you don't see it, and without getting angry about your ignorance, okay, starting to, will you let me tell you? Okay, yeah. let, will you let me show you? That? Will you let me help you understand? Because again. <laughs> Ignorance is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some people there's there's things that when they when Mary and I are watching the TV show, she doesn't like a lot of mystery. You know, when something can really happen, and you know, music starts making us think something's gonna happen, so she starts doing this. Okay, she don't want to see that. Right. I, I believe there's my there's some Christians and white Christians that don't want to see that. Right. And and not because they think it's okay that it's there. It's almost if I don't see it, it ain't as real. Yeah. You know, it's not as real as, or it, it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah. Uh, how do you get? How do you fix that? Well, man, you're not gonna fix it because some dude or something about Christ. There has to be intentionality about uh, spurring each other on, of, of educating each other lovingly. Okay, I, if I already got an ignorance, you know, issue, and and maybe even a fear, if I see all. Stuff. And I'm, I'm I'm shooting smoke out of my nose. You know, I'm so ticked off. Flies coming out of my ear, smoke my ear, and all that stuff. And you're still probably not going to hear where my heart is, uh, and I'm probably not going to reach you. You shutting down, okay? But if I come to you, even though I I am part of the wounded party, but I come to you with love of Christ in my heart and say, "Listen, you said I, you don't know. I don't know why you don't know. But will you let me tell you? Okay." Um, I don't know another way to really get there. Now, the reason that that's not as popular is because it, it, it takes too long. Yeah. Relationship takes a long time. Yeah. All we're doing is reducing each other to numbers when we yeah. do that. Yeah. And nobody's ever polled every black yeah, yeah. or every white. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you poll a representative you know, number of people. Maybe if you get real smart, you don't stay in the same region of the country. You will go around, you know. But you but you're making you're using numbers when that's not how Christ told us to interact with each other. We gotta stop trying to do sociological studies when sin is sin, and if you don't even know that sin is there, let me help you see that. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I I think the reality is, you know, there there is a room for both, right? I mean, there we, we need to not be ignorant about either the personal, you know, anecdotal stories or the statistics, because this, you know, to a certain extent, behind every number there is a person. Or the personal, you know, anecdotal stories or the statistics, because this, you know, to a certain extent, behind every number there is a person. You know, behind every one of those statistics that Platt, uh, David Platt quoted and cited in his, his sermon that then I, you know, cited in, in my message was. Um, you know, was a real person. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, two two times the the infant mortality rate and four times, you know, the the uh, mortality rate in in childbirth for African American moms versus, you know, uh, white white American moms, things like that. I mean, those are those are real people who are dying because of things like lack of access to healthcare. Or whatever. So, but you know, it, it still comes down to like what, what you're saying is I. I have already made my mind up when I see these statistics or when I hear this story, you know, the, the lens, the filter through which I, I have to view these realities is one that says racism doesn't exist. Systemic racism doesn't exist because I don't want to accept that that's the situation. My take on that is that might require something of me. Like to actually, right, right, to actually right, right, acknowledge right. that there is a systemic structural issue in our country that has contributed and still today contributes to a disparity divide between what it means to be white and to be black would be to say, well, I might actually have to sacrifice. I might actually have to, uh, you know, like when it, yeah, I mean, when it comes to something like in the church as a microcosm of that, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we were going to have. Uh, truly, you know, we've talked about, you know, truly multi-ethnic, multi-racial congregations that take sacrifice on, on the part of, of, of both. And so, you know, we don't, we don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to have to pay the cost that it would, 
particular really cost. It's, and, and even to your point, part of the cost is just listening, right? I mean, it's just the time, like you yeah, said. Yeah, it's yeah. Listening. And, and so instead to the uh, one or two sort of token um, African-American conservatives hired by Fox News to tell me what I already believe, that there's no such thing as racism. Right, right, right. And I'm a black person, and I've never been pulled over just for being black by a policeman. I'm a black person. I've never looked over my shoulder, you know, while I was grocery shopping and been thought that right, I was right, right, right. But the reality is, I know you, and when we have a relationship. You're not hired by Fox News. I know you're you're politically and socially and everything else conservative, and yet you still are able to share with me all these really real stories. No, because of, you're right. You, I, I, you've I'm, been I'm pulled over for driving I've been, I've been pulled over a number of times yeah. driving around. Like my wife got pulled over, and yet, the, well, let me back up a little bit. The the reason I struggle with statistics driving what my response. We might not be able to do anything. That's right. But the reality is still there. And so I struggle with, again, t- I don't want the societal ills to, to dictate what the church does. Yeah. Okay. Whether those, we could fix some of those systemic issues, you're right, but we would still have a problem that the church is still left here to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, so I do, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but, but I think again, if you, yeah, if you get, uh, 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 what I, let me use this term of privileged, if you will, or, or I guess they're not typical black, you know. See, okay, here's here's the deal for me. The predominant, the, the ruling color of America is green. Okay, <laughs> not black, not white. So if you black and got that money, Oh my God! If I would hope I'm good dealing with what I'm dealing with, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we got to deal with that too, okay. So and they're not in the survey that we're taking either, okay. So my my point for me, well, but hold on because I'm not sure that's totally true because I I was just watching a a, a video. Um, we were talking about TD Jakes, right? I was just watching a video he did. Uh, you know that guy's richer than. All of all archers <laughs> yeah, put together, yeah, yeah, right? Agree. But T.D. Jakes was talking about, you know, he's still black, and when he drives, he's still black. Now, once they pull him over and they realize, I, oh I wait agree. a minute, agree. yeah, in, in his community, he's known, and so that oh, yeah, but if he's somewhere that you don't know, right? Okay, I agree. Yeah. Right. So, you so know, that, that still that, can't change the fact that he's black, and it affects the way that people see him and treat him, right? And and you're right. And so for me, when I get pulled over. Because I'm black, and and I can't because I'm black. I have a cho- I have an opportunity. I have a choice as a black man now, as as a Christian. I can respond because I'm black in this systemically jacked up society I live in, or I can respond because I'm a Christian who's black. And and what I'm saying to you is there's a difference there. And so what what I'm looking for is for the church to lead with our Christianity, yeah. whether we're white or black, in the church. And if we do it in the church, man, the world will see that. Yeah. Th- that's the impact that we're supposed to be making. I- I'm, I'm convinced, you're right, when, when, when I leave my house, I know I'm black when I leave my house. Mm-hmm. You never have to even deal with that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say, oh, I'm white. You just mm-hmm. leave. But yeah, I'm black. Now, I don't... Every time I go out of the house, say, oh, I'm black. I mean, I'm black. But for me, the systemic problems of racism, I don't have as much of a, um, it doesn't It doesn't carry as much weight for me personally. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm not speaking for every black. Let me do it this way. Yesterday, uh, and I think you saw uh, the post, my wife and I were uh, at the diner. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, I got on this boot suit and everything, and everybody. Oh, my good. Oh, my good. I must have gotten a uh, hundred Joe responses. First of all, because Harry never dresses up, okay? Uh. <laughs> so everybody making fun of me, but that, it was it was good. It was nice. And, and I said to, I think my son said something, and I said, now you know who call the shots on this. My, my wife said, this is what we're going to wear. We're going to match. I'm good with that. Man, I care less what I'm wearing. 
if you said to me, what the heck are you wearing that suit for? That's, that's an ugly suit. I, dude, you know how much I would care about you saying that? None. <laughs> my wife said, that son of a gun is off. That's what I like. And I'm saying that because of Christ in me, you may not ever value me the way you're supposed to as another human being, but I've got someone who does. And his opinion of me and how he looked at me carried a whole lot more weight. Now, again, I'm not disregarding that because you look that way at me, I'm going to go through some issues yeah. and some stuff I should have to go right. through. But that same God who values me way above what America does is who I rest in. So when I go through all this stuff, I'm not telling you it's all right. right. That, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying it's not the end all be all for the child or the king. It's a matter of emphasis, right? It's a matter of having To me, yeah, it's what do I lead with? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, I, I almost think about it through the lens of the two great commandments. You know, love the Lord your God. This is first. But because of this, that's why we love we love one another. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, First John, and how can you say that you love God if you don't have love for, for one another? And like you said, I mean, that's it's, it is a matter of heart, and it's got to start in the church. But at the same time, to your point, like, I think we would both say the ideal, the, 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 the vision that we would love to work toward is a society that is more just and that is less racist. I mean, Amen. you know, yeah. And, and so um, the two aren't mutually exclusive, you know, and so absolutely when it comes to the way that I'm going to parent my adopted black son, I'm going to put 99% of the emphasis on him knowing how God sees him. Right. And how his own earthly father sees him. He's going to have it in the home first and foremost and from his heavenly father. But that's not going to change the way that I'm trying to play whatever small part I can in making the world more, uh, you know. Yeah, but you guys are here watching again. I'm with you. But your biggest vested interest in having that dude be able to respond lovingly to this systemic problem. Because right. he that's knows the he's going to get it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. When, when we, we hear all the time about prayer being taken out of school, okay, the reason that prayer was taken out of schools is because the Christian parents Stop telling their kids when you get when you get ready to eat your lunch, pray. Mm. Because that's gonna cost something. Mm. That's going to, you know, I'm talking white and black, you know, man. They took prayer. We man, we've been harping about that for decades. They took prayer. Well, ever since they took prayer out of school. You know how many folks were saying that prayer in the morning? Because when I was a kid, we all had to say Lord's Prayer before you know when school started. I mean, okay. What, how many of them kids were Christians? Mm. Maybe this, I mean, it, but we thought that was a real great thing. And again, I'm not saying it was terrible, but when when we took it out, when when it was illegal to do, then we stopped doing it. Even though parents were supposed to pray without ceasing, so we didn't teach our kids to pray without ceasing. We teach them to shut up so they won't get in trouble. Okay. What I'm saying is, if you lead with the societal issues, right. then you'll never get to the place that God wants us to be. Yeah. Something would have happened drastically different if the Christians in America said, you know, boy, it's going to cost us. But but my kid, I taught him to pray in school, and he's going to pray. Yeah. If, if we as Christians had done that, I think things would have looked a lot different. Now, I don't know if it looked better for the Christians or not. doesn't really matter. But they would have known, the world would have known the society. Yeah. I'm taking that same principle and I'm not ignoring that when I leave out of this out of this place going home, that I'm a black man headed down, you know, east on um 40, going home, that I can get stopped because I'm black. I, I know that. I'm not praying for that, but if it comes, I welcome that because I have an opportunity to say, yeah, this is a, a systemic problem, but your system is not nearly as efficacious to me as the system that my Christ has put me under. I, I'm in, man, I'm under a gracious system here that when all is said and done, you can't do anything to me to change that. Yeah. I, I, I have to try to live by that. Now, again, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing a Pollyanna thing and everything just is you a Christian? You go through the hell, you go through the pain, you go through that stuff, and it's real. And I need like when I, that, if I get pulled over and get the snot beat out of me, I'm not trying to give you the impression that I say, well, the Lord will make a way. You know, I may have to call you or somebody, man, y'all got to pray me off the ledge because I can't allow my anger to take me where God doesn't want me to take it. Now, you know, 
somebody, if I got the wrong counsel, they, they tell me what to do. I join the movements or whatever, whatever they want me to do. And I'm saying I want to be like Christ. I mean, man, listen, everybody I know uh, scripturally that did anything of any value for Christ went through hell. I mean, and, you know, Peter, James, John, the, the, the three closest, right? They were on the Mount Transfiguration. Peter gets hung upside down. Uh, James, I'm sorry. Yeah, James gets his hand cut off. John gets, uh, you know, yeah, exiled to Patmos. Then Paul comes along later. He gets his hand cut off. John gets, uh, you know, yeah, exiled to Patmos. Then Paul comes along later. He doesn't get uh, told him to do, go through all kinds of hell. So I'm not saying it's right to go. And I'm not saying it's wrong to try to um, help change that. But but all the statistics in the world don't change the fact that I have to leave with my Christianity if I'm going to make any difference in this world. Right. And until the church learns to leave with the Christianity, again, the David Platt book, for instance, or, or the statistics, if we're responding to that, those statistics, as opposed to already should be responding to what the Word of God says, we're in trouble. If I got to have a, a statistic that sparks my response, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you need a friend. Man, <laughs> you need, man. You need a relationship. Man. Okay. So what I hear you saying is the church should be countercultural, right? And, and if we're – so part of my thought – And proactively counterculture. So if what it means for – Blacker to countercultural is to say, I'm not putting my hope in the societal movements. I'm not hitching my horse to Black Lives Matter. I've already hitched my horse to the gospel, to Jesus Christ. And so. And I'm not even in disagreement with those right, things. Okay? Right. I, I'm good with that. Right. But you're right. I, I only got I so much energy. Right. I only got so much time left. Yeah. I want to finish well. Yeah. And I want to hear well done. Yeah, okay? that's, that's a good one. I don't think I'm going to hear well done because I did some things that made yeah. society better yeah. when people are dying and going to hell. That's good. That's good. And, and yet the flip side to that is what it, that might be what it means for you to be countercultural as a black Christian. What it might mean for me to be countercultural as a white evangelical Christian might be different, though, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah, might, yeah, yeah, yeah. it might mean for me to get more involved in some of the societal you know, more to repent of there. I might have more of uh, a, a sin. And that's not to say that, uh, again, my number one priority is always going to be the gospel, is always going to be, uh, you know, pointing people to Christ. But um, at the same time, you know, I, I, I think about, you know, how, how ought we to view someone like Martin Luther King Jr., you know, um, you know, one, one, somebody could look at him and say, gosh, he spent a lot of energy talking about racial issues. You know, what if he had just filtered all of that energy into talking about just the gospel instead? You know, and my thought is, man, you know, he was trying to bring his Christianity, his gospel to bear on real life, practical Amen. issues. And, and I, he and changed because of it. More, how much more so those of us uh, in sort of traditional systemic positions of, of more kind of power because of our whiteness mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. like we have more of that burden to be a part of the solution, right? Um, and it, it's not ever going to detract or deter me from, from preaching the gospel, even in a sermon on race, you know, it's going to be grounded and rooted in the gospel. You're going to hear the gospel but it's, it's like Paul says in Ephesians 2, right? I mean, it's because Christ has reconciled us vertically to God, he's also broken down that dividing wall of hostility between you and Gentile, black, you know, Absolutely. black and white, slave and free, and all of that. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's, I guess, where it hits me in terms of what it, what it is going to mean and look like for you to be countercultural might be different than what it is for me to be countercultural. Yeah. I agree that there are some differences in what that looks like from one black from a black man to a white man. I, I, that's that's true. I'm saying that there needs to be some kind of culturalism in the body of Christ, and yeah. if we do that, see, see, the world got impacted and changed because of the love that was being uh, shared and expressed within the body of Christ. Right. Remember, we, it all started out Jewish. Yeah. Uh, they weren't 
necessarily ready to accept Gentiles and all that kind of stuff. But when that explosion happened, the world got turned upside yeah. down. Again, I, I'm not saying that whatever was going on, how they were treating it, that was right. I'm just saying that their their lead, if you know, that Trump called her lead, whatever. Oh, that's not what she is. <laughs> their lead called, um, uh, was the love of Christ being shared and expressed between one. Response: If you if you're a white man who loves Christ, then you obviously we start all of us are on these before God, and we pray for the hearts of those that God has put in a position of power, and and, and because He still can't change hearts, but. Uh, when you respond, to Dr. King, I believe that, that Dr. King felt a call on his life and gave his life uh, doing what he believed God called him to do. Um, and the results, you're right, have been phenomenal in the sense that nothing like that had happened prior to that. We still have, obviously, it, that movement and no other movement since has fixed the systemic issues that we have. I'm not saying that you don't keep working on that. I mean, we, we celebrated the first ever African-American president. We, we've, those things are needful. We, we have um, part of the solution to the problem rather than just always being a victim of the problem. We yeah. still have that victim. Uh, we, we're going to have that, but there's opportunities. That's why you, you have people doing voting rights, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think whatever we can do as citizens of this country to help deal with that, then we do it. Yeah. But not at the expense right. of pushing the 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 reason we're the reason you and I are still here on this side of heaven right now is not because there's racism yeah. in America. Yeah. It's because there are men and women dying and going to hell. That's right. If, if if racism in America is what was keeping us here, we ain't never gonna die. Mm. Never. We're, we're here because Christ wants us to show his love in a way that will impact a systemically racist society. And the instruments he uses are us. He does surgery with us. So our lives have to be clean, free from hatred, free from anger, free from retaliation. Listen, it'd be one thing. The ignorance that we talked about earlier, it, or just somebody, just enough hatred, even in by Christ, says, I don't see a problem with that. If they would do get off their butts and whatever, they, uh, that's a that's a that's a problem. That's a serious problem between him and his Lord. Um, but I I don't think that I don't have the energies or the time to respond to every one of those types of things, other than by trying to love if I have the opportunity. So what I'm saying is. The reality is, when Jesus comes back, sin is going to be here, okay? Actually, sin is going to still be in some of us. That's why you got to kind of, in the twinkling of an eye, do some stuff before we're ready to go, because we're still in this, this, this. It's going to be here when you And guess what those sins are going to be? Racism in America. I mean, that, that's yeah. reality. Now, again, I don't say so, definitely go. So, yeah, right. Don't care about No, that. no, that's not what I'm saying. Right. I, I'm saying that. Well, it's kind of the same reason Paul says. Look, stay in the state that you're in. If you're single, stay single. If you're married, stay married. If you're a slave, stay enslaved. Because there's got to be this sense of urgency about the gospel. That's right. You know, don't don't waste all your not waste, but I mean, don't spend all your time worrying about you know uh, freedom or, or slavery or or you know this or that. There's a spiritual slavery that results in hell, and that that's what you want. Oh to my focus goodness, on, man! Right? And let me tell you. There's a there's a passage there's a verse where Paul I think it's Paul maybe Peter but it, mm, that's terrible but we're told to that well, a soldier soldier does not get entangled in civilian affairs okay, right okay? what army am I in I'm in the army of the law so I don't get entangled that doesn't mean I disregard what's going on because I'm calling civilian affairs American affairs, yeah okay yeah doesn't mean I don't have if I have some opportunity to make a difference in that, I better take yeah. every opportunity right. I have. That's what the gospel compels me to right. do that. But not at the expense of getting so wrapped up in the sociology of it yeah. that I forget the reason I'm here That's good. is not that reason yeah. That's primarily. Good. That's good. Okay. All right. So my last question for you then is how how do we do it? Um, how, how do we not get so tangled up and wrapped up in the sociological issues, but also not 
you know, just turn a blind eye to them. Give me some, you know, for a predominantly, you know, 96% white church. How would you, and and we've all heard the same things, not to demean them, but, you know, everybody's saying the same thing now. You know, it starts with listening, learning, friendships, those kinds of things. That's all, okay, that's all true and good, but it can't stop there, right? I mean, it's not enough. It it won't. It's, It's not enough for me and you to just talk. I have to be willing to actually you know, roll up my sleeves and be willing to, to, again, sacrifice and take action to make the world more of the, the place. I mean, if we're really going to pray your kingdom come on earth as it, is, as it is in heaven, that's where, you know, the gospel has to be a gospel in action because it's, you know, it, 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 I can't just, uh, you know, so over spiritualize things that I become, you know, so heavenly minded. Well, see, you know, when the mandate is your, when I request your kingdom come, the will be done. Your, to me, now, this is my principles. Your kingdom come doesn't mean your kingdom come fix racism. Your kingdom come means fix the races, fix the heart of race. You, 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 your kingdom come doesn't mean make America wherever we think America ought to be. Because even that is a, is a, is a, very elusive idea. Right now, when when we hear, I'm a, I'm a black guy, okay, here make America great again. I don't know when it ever was great, not for me. So I don't even, that ideal is already subjective. So you're chasing a moving target or at least one that we don't even agree on what it should look like, okay? So what I'm saying, when I say your kingdom come, your will be done, I see yeah. Now, so if you and I agree with that, and we stir, and we challenge each other that way, I'm willing to speak. You're willing to listen. We're willing to learn together. It won't stop that. We won't just sit there and say, "Well, we had a great conversation. I learned a lot." We'll listen to the heart of God. Tell us what we should be doing. But again, what I'm uh, what I'm adverse to is watching what society does. And then, quote, join in, so to speak, and, and tie my, I think the earlier, my wagon or whatever, to what they're doing. Somehow, we're not supposed to be following them. We're supposed to be leading them. Yeah, yeah. And so there has to be a movement within the body of Christ. Listen, man. So I, what does that look like? I mean, what, what is the movement? What, I mean, obviously, it does have to start with relationships and yeah, listening and conversation, yeah. right? It's, <laughs> Let me, okay, when, when we were in my front and then, of course, this time happened. If African-American pastors, and I know some of them were led to, to join the marches and try to keep things peaceful, and I think some of them did a good job of that. I don't know how many prayer meetings that we as African-American pastors, along with our white brothers, came together and prayed for those four cops and their families and led our churches to do that. Our churches, many of our black churches members would not have been there. And I'm not being funny. Because of the anger, the pain, the hurt. And now we got to call into repentance that anger, that pain, that hurt. In the meantime, you know, as a white Christian, you guys have to know that we're trying our best to do that. But man, the anger is real. And you can't get upset because I'm ticked off. And you can't, yeah, now you might get scared. I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off. But you gotta give me the freedom to be ticked off. And and what I mean by that is, man, and and I don't need you to come and say you understand because you don't understand. And I need you to admit that you don't understand so that I can tell you. Says we let that be like now I you know I spent the time at with you guys at the panel. You've got a core, man, I believe, in 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 uh, West Hills. That if if they're willing to, and they seem very willing to me, to share their hearts and their, then you got to be willing. And you won't get everybody in your church to listen, man. You, but you'll get some. Yeah. And then you start looking at trying to, man, what, what happens if, let's say you got four African Americans in church, okay, that really have a heart to see all this stuff in. And you got, and they go and get four of whites and they say, listen. Let's pray, first of all, for our own repentance. For our, you know, the way I've been expressing it, please not. 
and I need you to pray for me because I don't want to be there. I want to, I want to please God. Uh, so we come together and we start praying with each other and for each other and believing the power of God's, uh, uh, the power of God in our prayers, so that when we're when we're when we're praying when we're bringing those relationship together because of prayer, I, I mean I'm starting to understand that I can't justify my anger because I've been mistreated for how many hundred years. That's real. But I'm saved. I, I, I got grace. I, I got mercy. And so, and he tells me to be angry and sin not and all that stuff. I, my anger, I can't, I can't just say, any my fears. I can't just say, I got fears. I got fears, but I shouldn't have because he's with me. So help me pray that through. And let's see what God does. We don't need to pre-program. God doesn't make someone go to King. He must, somebody must have been praying in the room somewhere before he came to the conclusion that this is what the Lord wanted me to do. Okay? I'm saying the same powers here today. I don't know what to do to, to make you more active. And I don't think you want to be activity-driven because you think busy is productivity. Oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just sitting around doing something. You may be doing something. It may be the wrong something. Get Find some brothers and sisters on your knees. If we had brought those brothers and sisters together to pray for the hearts of those four, remember all four of those cops, they got families too. Do we pray for their families? Not probably not in our church, we do. Okay? I mean, did we pray? The dude that had his man had a knee on the dude's neck. I don't know how many African American Christians prayed for that dude. I don't know if he's Christian. Some already said, well, a special place in hell for him. Now I made a determination about whether or not he's ever given his life to Christ because truly couldn't do that and 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 kill somebody like that at the same time. Yeah. Man, we're still in this flesh. So yeah. so what I'm saying is I'm not I don't know what we do, quote, out there if we don't start doing it first in here, in here meaning the church, so that he says, Hey, Harry, hey, uh, Will. I want you to go out there and do this. I don't care what this is. I really care what the situation is. You all come together and listen to me. The only revolutions that have ever made a difference for kingdom's sake is when we got together and prayed. Okay? Come together and say, Lord, how do we do this? Okay? Don't look at the situation and say, what do we do with that? Yeah. Look at the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? That's good. So what I hear you saying, just to recap, starts with prayer. Uh, and then listening to the Holy Spirit's guidance in community with others because we need yes, to get around the table with people who look different, think different than us, who challenge us in different ways. Be willing to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And uh, yeah, and then let our love be a counterculture oh, witness. And, it, and if it is true love, yeah. like you said, that it won't stop there. Because if I truly love you, that's right. And I hear about you getting pulled over on the way home for no reason but other than you're black, then that's gonna upset. That's right. Me that's because, something to because I love you. And yeah, so And I like what you just said too. Remember, I'm I'm one black guy sitting here. Man, there's gonna be blacks that'll listen to this and say, that dude, man, that's that's a bunch of crap. I ain't trying to hear all that kind of stuff. I have to sit around the table with people who don't say what I'm saying. Right. We just got to tell my one brother that we both love. I need to hear his heart. Yeah. And what we both, what he and I both need to do is challenge each other, not by the stats, but by the word of God. Yeah, that's right. I need to say, dude, help me out. When you're doing that, uh, mm-hmm. I don't see Christ in that. And mm-hmm. he needs to say to me, hey, dude, when I see you saying what you're saying, uh, you you miss quoting Christ, whatever. Yeah. We need to challenge each other to stay true to the word of God yeah. because the spirit of God honors the word of God in us. Yeah. So so I agree. We got to have people with different. So so the, the the one that might be openly racist, okay, man, let them to the table. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you can, believe it or not, you can be racist and Christian at the same time. You definitely can be that. It's just another sin. We ain't got rid of all of our sin. So let me listen to a man. And I know we got to wrap this up. We sat. We sat with. We and that pastor and I made a covenant of friendship with each other. That 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 was in nineteen ninety five. 
that still is very vibrant today. Now he's no longer passionate. He, he, he does some other things with the kingdom. Um, but we agreed that we would bring our churches together to learn how to build real relationships across not cultural and racial lines, okay? Because they're down south, brother. We're, we're city kids. Um, but we did it. We started with the men because Promise Keeper was kind of the impetus for that. So we would go down periodically. I don't know if it was monthly. I'd have to kind of go back and remember monthly, twice, uh, bi-monthly or something. We sometimes we understand we take a ride down there and we just sit in a room and we just let people go in there. We sit with um, and they, you know, the next time they come and talk with us, and we were building the kind of relationships that were permeating our churches and, and some thought processes. Now, I'm not telling you everybody said, Oh, well, we like now. We we had some very heated, very uh, but we we're all committed to mm-hmm. hearing what mm-hmm. I remember one guy, you know, said one one of his guys said. And we just want to, what we need to pray is that we just get America back to where it was. And we all black said, uh, time out, then we ain't trying to get America back to where it was. Now that sounds good to you. Yeah. And and he said, Yeah, but but God, he you know, he'll bless America, blah, blah, blah. And and one of our guys said, um, well, you do know that God's not an American. And man, that dude went off. I mean, he was. Oh, and I mean, and now we're in each other's spaces, man. We're it's going at it, and I'll never forget the pastor of the church said, "Okay, oh, you need to calm down." I never forget this is true. That dude put in uh, on a bit on a video screen. He put in a CD, and it was Veggie Tale. <laughs> and he put a Veggie Tale, but it did it, it. It brought her back down. So we could continue this discussion. Back to the word of God. Yeah, yes, sir. But I, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so we could continue the discussion. That, for me, that was kind of a, um, that was a milestone for me in my life because it said to me that if we're true to God, we're really trying to, yeah, are you going to get angry? Are you going to, man, that dude, he wasn't jokingly angry. That dude was ticked off. And, and yet when it was all said and done, Later on, not that same day, he came and said to us, brothers, you know what? I never really saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Now, you get one guy yeah. who never even understood that, the, quote, there is a racism right. until that dude's heart and yeah. his spirit. Yeah. And you, I don't know how many more people in Papa Bluff that dude has influence over. Yeah. But I know him more than just him. I know he got a family. I know. So is it too slow to make a difference before, make it, Make everything equal and, and equitable before I die? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I'd probably move too slow for that. But if I live in 100 years, it ain't going to be that. Yeah. It changes the system one, one person at a time, right? And to me, right. the body of Christ has the power to do that. That's good. That's good. Well, and so that's a, that's probably a really good place to end, too. Like you said, Harry, is bringing it back to us and the body of Christ. The system, the system, institutional stuff that we need to be concerned with mostly is not American institutionalism, but church institutionalism. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Don't forget that you can ask your questions online at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks for listening.